Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for that powerful time of worship here this morning. Well, church, I, I'm glad that you are uh, sticking it out with us and enjoying this time of worship with us. And um, I want to, again, uh, just say to the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Thank you uh, for joining us today. And I, I pray, even as things are starting to, to lift up a little bit with restrictions and such, that maybe you have, obviously, your immediate household around you, if you do. Uh, or maybe you're able to see some family today uh, to celebrate this day. I want to go ahead and go ahead and address the fact that I know it's Mother's Day, and, and obviously, and, and it's not necessarily the best day for everyone. Mother's Day does have some some hard uh, times that come with that, and, and some some sad emotions that come along with that. Uh, there are some of you that are hurting today because your mother is is no longer with us here on this earth, and you miss her terribly. Uh, there are some of you that, that um, maybe have an estranged relationship from your parent, and, and that's just a difficult type of situation that you're navigating through. Uh, maybe for some of you, uh, you have lost a child, and, and that is a very difficult thing that you have gone through. Uh, and, and maybe there are some of you out there that are single moms, and you're, you're having to navigate through this life, uh, and you feel very alone. And, and there's so many different emotions that come along with this. And today we wanted to take a moment to push pause on our Spiritual Disciplines sermon series and to honor mothers, yes, but ultimately honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to do so still by looking at the Word of God and to navigate through Scripture and see an example of a, of a, a mother and daughter type relationship. And, and fellas, I'm going to tell you right now, and if you're not a mother, I want you to, to just hang tight because there are very applicable points that are going to come from this for all of us, for all of us as followers of Jesus Christ, if we profess Christ, we have something to learn from this passage today. Because we're going to see the example of Naomi to Ruth. We're going to see the, the example of Ruth and her response to Naomi and the relationship they had. And how for many of us, we can be spiritual type parents to other people. We can make impacts on people's lives as we see an impact that has been made in the passage today. So as I said earlier, we are in the book of Ruth, chapter 1 today, and we're going to in verse 1 and go through verse 18. And in doing so, we always at this time, if we're gathered here corporately, we would stand to honor the reading of God's Word. So if you feel comfortable doing that in your home or wherever you may be, I invite you to do so now. The Word of God says, Ruth chapter 1, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Epaphrodites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech and the husband of Naomi died, and she was left with her two sons. These two Moab, excuse me, these took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Verse 6 says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law and returned to the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. 
But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me and the dead. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Verse 10, And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. They lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth says, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. This is the word of God. Join me in prayer. Father God, Lord, we come before you now. Lord, we're so thankful for the opportunity that we have to gather, to lift high the name of Jesus here this morning as we are gathered in our homes and in, in, in our neighborhoods, wherever we may be right now as we are listening to uh, this message, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, that distractions fade away. Lord, I pray that you would be exalted just as you, just as you have been exalted this morning in singing. Father, I pray that the people that are listening right now, Lord, if they have a relationship with you, Lord, they would see applicable points from this passage of Scripture of how it can apply to their lives and how they can live on mission for you. Lord, for those that do not have a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that they would see the example that is laid out in this relationship and how it can bring people to, to acknowledge you as the one true God. Father, I pray, Lord, that Above all things, you would be exalted, you would be worshipped, you would be glorified, or that you would speak through me now in this moment. Lord, get me out of the way. May you move in this place. May you be glorified, Father. We love you and we bless you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, through this passage today and what we are seeing from Ruth chapter 1 and what I've read to you so far, through Naomi and relationship with Ruth, we're going to see from this relationship just how important a life is in the development of a relationship and spiritual implications that come with it. How much of an impact a life can have on someone. Now, before I can dive into some points, I just want to do a quick uh, just a quick summary of what we see because we don't have for the sake of time to go through every single verse that I read. But just to give you a quick summary of 1 through 5, as we read a few moments ago, at the time of when the judges were ruling, we had this famine in the land. And so these people that we, we describe here, uh, these Epaphrophites, we see Elimelech and we see Naomi and their two sons. They leave and they go into Moab to find a new place because of the famine that is going on. It, it is not necessarily safe for them at this time, so they go out. 
And while they are out, we see that Malon and Chilion, they both uh, come to have wives that are Moabite wives. And also during this time, Elimelech has died. So Naomi is now a widow, and she has her two sons and her two daughters-in-law, and then both her sons die. And so now she's a widow, and she doesn't have her sons around anymore. So all she has to her is Ruth and Orpah. And so as we get to this point now, we see uh, we're going to move now into verse 6. Just a, just a really quick summary, as I said. We're going to now see just some applicable points that we can take from this passage that we see today. The first thing we see is that through the relationship of, of Naomi and Ruth, number one, the motherly love and affection of Naomi. The motherly love and affection of Naomi. Verse 6 again says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. She, she wakes up and she tells Orpah and Ruth that, that we must now begin to journey back because while I was out in the fields of Moab, while I was out there, I had heard that the Lord had visited and the Lord had done this back in my hometown, back in my home country. And so we must go back because the famine has come to an end. The Lord has began to provide. He's given them food. We must now get up to go. And we remember that famine has happened, and, and this is all because of what we saw there in verse 1 from what we read a few moments ago. And so she tells them, it is time to go. Now, verse 7 tells us, she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. Now, the land of Judah, this most likely refers to this tribal area. And as we see later, if you were to continue reading through the book of Ruth, especially when we get to chapter 4, it is referenced Israel. And so we, we have all of this that points back to it. And in fact, the very beginning tells us Bethlehem. And so this journey is about to go there. They want to go back to this land because the famine has come to an end. Verse 8. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Now I'm going to break down verse 8 just for a moment for you. That first part of verse 8 uh, is describing to us that she's telling them, You must go. Return back to your mother's house. Go. Girls, I don't need you anymore. I appreciate what you've done for me and what you have done for uh, my, my two sons that are no longer with us. But you must go back. It is time for you to go back. There's no need for you to be with me anymore. Go back to your family's home. And then it says there in that second part, after she tells him to go, may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. She says this. And, and both Orpah and Ruth have been very good to Naomi. They have been there for her as they've established. They, they were there for her through the loss of her husband, through the loss of, 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 the, of the children, or of her two sons that have died. So they have been there and they have dealt kindly with her. And Naomi is trusting that God will bless them for what um, they have done, that he will deal kindly with them. She specifically says that, may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me. 
She's trusting that God is going to provide for them. She's trusting that God will provide new husbands for them, children for them, trusting all of this. She's telling them, go, go back to your hometown, go back to your mother's house, go back there and start your life because you have so much left. So she tells them, go. She says there in verse 9, the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. She's wanting them to find rest. She's wanting them to find rest. She's telling them, go and do this. I want you to find rest. I want you to find security. I want you to find stability. Stability. Even find peace in a new relationship with a new husband. Go back to your family. I want you to have this. You can probably imagine for Ruth and Orpah losing a spouse. Many of you have lost a spouse. Very difficult time to go through. And Naomi has consistently uh, led them and, and been there with them along the way. And they, in turn, have been there for her and, and, and loved her through the loss of her own sons. Now, she obviously loves and she cares for both of these women. And she wants the best for them. That's why she's asking that the Lord may bless them and, and, and he will kindly deal with them. She's showing that motherly love and affection towards Ruth and Orpah. You know, Naomi's desire of the Lord's blessing upon them. As, I'm, as I was studying through this passage, it, it just reminded me of something that we have all read through the chronological plan several weeks ago when we were going through the book of Numbers. And, and we got to that point where we read in chapter 6 where the Lord is talking to Moses and he tells them to go and proclaim. He tells Moses to proclaim this to Aaron in Numbers 6, verse 24 through 27. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Naomi's saying, girls, go. I love you. I thank you for all that you've done. But go. May the Lord deal kindly with you. May you find rest. May you find peace. Notice here, Ruth and Orpah's best interest was Naomi's most primary concern. Yes, they were not related by blood. They were, uh, they were related because of marriage. They cared for her, though, as a mother, and she cared for them as daughters. She showed that love and admiration, and she wants the best for them like any good mother would want for their child. The second thing we see is not only that the motherly love and affection that Naomi describes or, or demonstrates, but secondly, the faithfulness of Ruth specifically to Naomi. Verse 10 says, And they said to her, No, we will return with you and to your people. After they've had this moment of weeping and crying because of what Naomi has told them to do, they say, No, we don't want to go. We want to stay here with you. We don't want to do that. We want to go to your people. Both women don't want a thing to do with their home country at this moment. They want to stay with Naomi, and specifically, as it says in verse 10, and to return with you to your people. We want to go and be with you. She's made such an impact on them that they don't want to abandon her and leave her. Think about that for a moment. As I said, she's kin via marriage, and yes, that's important. 
And even though there's that mother-in-law relationship that is important, my mother-in-law is probably watching this right now. Mom, you know that I value the relationship that you and I have, but they don't have that tie of blood. But it doesn't matter because she has cared for them. She cares for them, and she's telling them to go do this. Take care of yourselves. This is better for you to go that way. I'll be fine. Go. Yet they want to stay with her because their lives have been impacted by what Naomi has done for them and caring for them. Now, verses 11 through 13, I'm going to read together and I'm going to summarize. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they are grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Just to summarize what Naomi is saying there, as this is a a wonderful description of, of how she is saying this, she's telling them, there is no point for you to stay with me. There is no one for you to marry. You see, because of the times of that day, the customs that they had to follow, if there was a sibling to the husbands that had died, that sibling would be there for them to marry. And, and Naomi is telling them, I, there, there are no siblings. And even if I were pregnant right now, are you going to wait until they're grown to marry them? No, go. I'm not even, I don't even have anybody that I can marry right now, that I could even uh, have a child with right now. Go. Take care of yourself. Again, she's trying to look out for their best interests, or so she thinks, and she's telling them to go. Now, Naomi makes a comment there, and she says, The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. She sees these difficult times that she's been in, and she's saying that the hand of the Lord has dealt dealt not kindly with her, that it's been very difficult for her. But as, again, I want to encourage you, read back through the book of Ruth. We, we actually preached through this book a couple of years ago here at Holmes Avenue. But I encourage you to read through the book of Ruth. And you see just how opposite the truth is for Naomi in that moment. Because of what happens down the line with Ruth and Boaz. And the fact that he redeems her. And what that means is implications for Naomi. It is so beautiful to see the redemption that takes place there. God has not dealt kindly, or has not dealt difficultly with her or, or done anything rudely towards her. In fact, he has something incredible for her that is coming, that is laid out through the book of Ruth. Verse 14 tells us, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her, clung to her. We see there in that moment that again, after Naomi has told them this, that they all start to cry out again. You have to picture it. It's it's this emotional moment. It is this very sad moment. They don't want to leave. But as you see there in that moment, it's like Orpah finally gets it. All right, I need to listen. I need to go. So she kisses Naomi, and it's that implication of the fact that she's going. But it says there that Ruth clung to her. And that Hebrew word there can be translated not only as clung, but can be uh, translated as hold fast. 
And we've seen that throughout Paul's letters in the, in the New Testament and, and other places of Scripture, where this, this idea of holding fast, it is gripping tightly to it, holding fast to it, living a life, pursuing something, holding fast to it. She does not want to let go of Naomi. She's clinging to her because she loves her and she cares for her. And it says there in verse 15 that Naomi then says to uh, Ruth, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Now, point out something here. Naomi tells her, see, Orpah's going. Orpah's going back to her people, and she's going back to her gods. Now, the, the, the problem with that, as we see right there in Scripture when you're reading through, it says her gods and that obviously is not necessarily a good thing because it is not the God of creation. It is not Yahweh. It is not who Naomi would identify as her God. She's telling him, go back and be with them. You have to remember, these girls are Moabites. They're not the people of Israel. They're, they're far from that based on what their, their, their people group is. And at that time, as we can see, and I, you can just jot this down as a reference that you can go back and look, but in Numbers 21, 29, we know that Chemosh was the main god of Moab. And so she's telling him, go back. See, your sister-in-law's going. Go back. She's going back to be with her family, and she's going back to be with her gods. But there again, in verse 15, the beauty of it, Ruth does not want to do that. Ruth is not. She's not going to follow it because verse 16 says, Ruth says, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Now, before we go further with verse 16, I want us to remember Naomi's love for these women left such a lasting impact on them that it resulted in Ruth's faithfulness to Naomi. So we've seen this motherly love and affection towards these girls that are her children because of what, what, what was there before them as the marital relationship. And her sons die. And then we see this faithfulness of Ruth to Naomi because of the lasting impact that she's had on her. And so Ruth is faithful. She does not want to leave her. And then number three, the impact of Naomi to Ruth is something else that we see here. Because as I just read there in verse 16, Ruth has this incredible response. Ruth responds to her, and she says that she's going to follow Naomi wherever she goes. She tells Naomi, wherever you live, I'm going to live. Wherever your people are, those people are going to be my people. I am not going to identify myself anymore as a Moabite. I am going to identify myself by the same people that you identify with. And then listen to this. Naomi says that your God will be my God. Who cares about Chemosh? I don't want to honor and glorify him. I want to serve your God. He will be my God. And obviously that is the Lord God, Almighty Yahweh. So beautiful. And all of this comes to be for Ruth, and she identifies herself surrendering to God Almighty Yahweh because of the impact on her life and the divine providence of God bringing her into Naomi's path at the right time because of this marital union. It's so beautiful when we see that. 
And we know so much through reading through the book of Ruth moving forward what that means for the Davidic line. Because of the fact that Boaz redeems Ruth, it then leads to King David, which then ultimately leads to Christ Jesus. Praise God for his beautiful plan and how he works it all out. Now, Naomi then says there, uh, excuse me, Ruth says to Naomi that her God will be uh, her God. Naomi's God is going to be my God. And it's this beautiful picture. I just want to quote to you from Genesis 17, 7 through 8, where God is talking to Abraham and he says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojourning, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be there God. God makes this covenant with Abraham back in Genesis 17. And we see it all start to play out. And it's so beautiful. And that's why I love the fact that we're going through this chronological plan that we read through because we're all seeing God's salvation plan laid all throughout Scripture. It's so beautiful to see it, how it all plays out. And this book that we read from right now in Ruth, it plays such a vital role in that because of what I said a moment ago of how it all leads to Christ. So beautiful, so good. Verse 17 tells us, Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also if anything but death parts me from you. She makes this oath to Naomi. Ultimately, she makes this oath before God Almighty because she tells her, When you die, I'm going to die. And there I will be buried. And she says, may the Lord do so to me if there's anything I do to get out of this before I die. She again is acknowledging the Lord God Almighty, Yahweh, in that moment. She's acknowledging his power and what he alone can do. Because he has sovereign control over this world. He gives life and he can take it away. And then verse 18 tells us, Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, and she said no more. Notice here, the way in which Naomi has obviously loved and taken care of Ruth has caused Ruth to have a devotion and care for Naomi. So we see that motherly love and affection from Naomi to Ruth. We see how that has impacted Ruth's life and how she in turn is faithful to Naomi. And then we saw, as we just said a few moments ago, how that impact has affected Ruth. Now, what can we draw from this, church? What are some things that we can take away from this? What are some things that can apply to us? You might be saying, well, yeah, Brian, that, that's a description of this motherly-to-daughter relationship. I, I, I'm not really following what you're going with. But here's something I want you to see a little bit deeper. Upon the death of her sons, Naomi wanted the Lord to deal kindly with Ruth and Orpah. They were her concern. She was worried about them, and she wanted the best for them. I want to ask you, who are you concerned about? Who is it that you are concerned about? Who has God placed in your life that needs that motherly type example? Or, fellas, you're not left out of this, that fatherly type example. Think of it in the, in the, in the realm of our faith. 
and the fact that we are followers of Christ and we have been called to make disciples, who is young in the faith that needs that spiritual leader? Someone to come alongside of them and teach them the things of God, the truth of the word of God, and help them to grow in that relationship so they in turn can go and do that for others down the line. Who needs that love and care from you? Due to no kinship, you know, Ruth, again, had no reason to stay faithful to Naomi, but yet she does. Naomi gave her a way out, but Ruth stays. And she stayed because of the impact that Naomi had on her life. Church, let me ask you, who are you impacting? Now, I just said a moment ago about that, that type of relationship, and I mean that in the confines spiritually for which you are able to pour into someone's life, be a mentor to them, disciple them, train them up. Think about this, though, in the realm of not necessarily someone that's a Christian. Who are you impacting? Who are you showing the love of Christ to? We've been talking about it for weeks now. But even in the fact that we are scattered all around, we have the opportunity to see the people that are around us. For most of us, and I've heard many of you tell me this, I'm seeing neighbors that I've never seen before. Some of you are still not seeing that many neighbors because everybody's still staying so much inside. But there are people that we don't typically get to see because our entire schedules have been changed. Have you began to build on those relationships? Who are you impacting that lives on your cul-de-sac? Who are you impacting that lives on your street, that is a co-worker of yours? Maybe that, that you might not be able to get to see them right now, but you're able to still dialogue with them because of the things that you're having to do working remotely. Or if you are able to go into work, and as we begin to start to reemerge back into work culture, how can you impact those people that are there around you? You see, because the impact of Ruth's life by Naomi made her want to stay and caused her to be faithful to Naomi. And in fact, it brought Ruth to follow Yahweh. Because of what happened with this love and admiration and the way she cared for these girls, and then it made that impact on Ruth's life, and Ruth in turn is faithful to Naomi to the point where we hit the climax with verse 16 and says, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you live, I'm going to live. Whatever you do, I'm going to do it. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Naomi hears Ruth say these things. Ruth abandons the life that she had as a Moabite and now identifies herself as a follower of Yahweh. Naomi's God is now Ruth's God. Who are you investing in for the sake of the kingdom? Again, I'm following up on what I asked you the first time. But ladies, within the confines of our church, who are you discipling that needs to be discipled? Those of you that are more mature in the faith, who are you discipling? Fellas, you're not out on that. In fact, I would encourage you to, to please step up and come alongside and, and help us do that. Who are you discipling then? Church, are you taking advantage of the opportunities that God is laying out before you? to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel in your circle of accountability. We have this circle of accountability that's right here around this church building, but then each of us as followers of Jesus 
where we are located, where we live, work, and play, where we are at, where we live on our street, where we go to work, when we're out in the community, all of those things, those are the circle of accountability that God has called us to. What are you doing repeatedly to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel so that every man, woman, and child has repeated opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Folks, we're at a, a very pivotal time right now because many, many people are asking a lot of questions. Church, I will just share this with you. Just this past week, I had the amazing opportunity to walk a dear friend of mine from high school to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We had a great conversation on the phone. God opened the door for the gospel to be shared. And he repented, and he confessed Christ Jesus as Lord. And we celebrate that, and we praise God for that. And I thank God for that, because I was reminded of that as I was reviewing through this passage of Scripture. Because he has, has noticed that we were online, and he's watching. He's probably watching right now, and bro, I see you, and, and I love you, and I'm glad you're watching with us. But, but God has brought it before him through this online format, and he's been watching with us and journeying through Scripture that we lay out. And God saved his soul this week. My God is now his God. And I praise God for that. And it's not because of anything I did. God gave me the opportunity, and God did it. Right then and there, the Lord provided the means. Now it's just used as a vessel for him in that moment. Church, it's that simple. Who are we impacting for the kingdom? Who are we investing in so that they can go and impact others for the sake of the kingdom? God is at work. God is doing incredible things. Are you being obedient? Are you seeing the opportunities you have before you? Are you able to be someone that is in a relationship with another person, a motherly type relationship, a fatherly type relationship that has the opportunity because God has given it before you. He's laid it out for you. He has tossed it up to you like a little softball so that you can cram it over center field. Are you taking advantage of what he's laid out before you and stepping out in obedience? I want to challenge you, follower of Christ, member of Holmes Avenue, somebody that's just listening right now that identifies himself as a follower of Jesus. Be on mission. Live a life surrendered to God so that people around you can be impacted for the sake of the gospel and that people can go prayerfully from death into life because of what Jesus has done for them at Calvary and his defeat of the grave and resurrection from the grave. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I encourage you, you're going to see where you have the opportunity. You can go to homesavenue.com forward slash contact and reach out to us. You can comment here on the stream, and we would love to be able to talk with you about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. We have pastors that are here right now that will reply to you, that will respond and walk you through that. Let today be the day of salvation. If the Spirit is moving, respond. What we're going to do right now before the band comes forward is we, we're going to take the time right now to do as we always do, and we're going to have quiet, reflective prayer to meditate on the things that we've heard today. I want to challenge you. Ask God, Lord, from what I've heard today, who is it in my life that I need to do this with? Who is it in my life that I can be that spiritual-type mother or father to, that I can come alongside and pour my life into to train up. Who is it that needs to be impacted by the gospel by me that I can share my faith with? Ask him. He will make it clear to you.
Let's take a moment, let's pray, and then I'll close this in prayer before we sing. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for who you are, sovereign God, who reigns on his throne over this world. A God that is not surprised by anything because you are sovereign over this world. Father, we pray that, that as your word has been proclaimed today, Lord, I pray that, that something that I have said today, that you have said, God, that it would, would draw hearts to repent and confess Christ Jesus as Lord. That it would draw hearts to see, man, I've really got to step it up and I've got to do this. I've got to be living out my faith. I need to be making an impact on someone's life. Whatever it may be, Father, I pray that your will be done in this. Lord, I pray that we would step out in obedience to what you may be leading us to. And that you would get all the glory, all the honor, all the praise that you so rightfully deserve. Thank you, Lord, and be glorified. We love you and we bless you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.